0: So today we're visiting the, uh, I think for the last time, the Engage precepts, and it's the 14th one, which I have here. I don't intend to read much today, Just to get, get it right,
1: Oops,
0: if I can see it, um, so the 14th, do not Misuse your body. Learn to handle it with respect. Do not look on your body as only an instrument. Preserve vital energies, sexual breath and spirit for the realisation of the way. For brothers and sisters who are not monks and nuns, sexual expression should be not take place without love and commitment. In sexual relations, be aware of future suffering that may be caused. To preserve the happiness of others, respect the rights and bound commitments of others. Be fully aware of the responsibility of bringing new life into the world. Meditate on the world in which... You are bringing new beings. So, <clears throat> on the uh, circular that went out, I had respect every body, and by that I didn't mean everybody, every body, because if you have a body, you have sentience. So, as a body and uh, to uh, fulfil our other vows, we need to have respect for everything that has a body. So, includes worms, and that, they're quite lucky; they, they're unisexual, so you don't have to worry about the other parts of us. Um, so, everybody
1: and every body includes yourself.
0: I'm not <clears throat> quite as keen on making it so that there's any dictates or anything. I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do particularly. Um, but what, what is the purpose of our body? It is for our practice, primarily, especially for those who have taken any level of vows, whether it's jukai or ordination, higher ordination. Anybody who's taken a level of vow, they are set out on the Bodhisattva path. And so you have to have respect for your own body in as far as it has to continue for your practice. And we spoke the other day of the Dalai Lama who gets up and reminds himself of his um, mortality every day. That's a respect for the body. This could be your last moment, make the most of it. Respect for your body, too. You shouldn't be doing things that are going to prevent you from teaching um, or helping other beings, and that includes suicide. So just um, as you're not allowed to kill other beings, you're not allowed to kill this being. So <clears throat> respect in that way. And...
1: You shouldn't do things like intentionally blind yourself so you can't read. And generally just look after yourself. I mean, what what is
0: good for you, you know what's good for you. you. You can follow that pretty well. I know quite a number of us here have tattoos, and in the modern world many more people have tattoos. It used to be only sailors and kings and queens that had tattoos <laughs> at one time. But, uh, and there's nothing wrong with tattoos. I, I have no opinion of tattoos. However, you must know that if you go to Japan, for instance, and I don't know what it's like now because I haven't been in a Japanese bathhouse for 30 years, but in the public bathhouse, if you had a tattoo, you wouldn't allowed the you stripped off, they go, oh, sorry. And you go. Now, I know there's a lot more tattoos in Japan, too, because last time I was there, I saw them on the street, which you never used to do. So you, you can do whatever you like. Just don't harm yourself to the point that you can't practice. And respecting, as you respect yourself, you've got to respect others. And I think the golden mean is actually quite wonderful in this way. If you wouldn't like it done to you, you shouldn't do it to another And if you are going to have any interaction with another, you should make it clear what what that interaction entails and what, what you have in mind. So what did the Buddha teach about sexual relations? Well, to be honest, he taught extremely little. It's almost unmentioned. In the sutra, there's only two or three places It's really mentioned. The practice for lay people and for monks includes the third precept, which is uh, Michachara Kamesu, uh, which is wrong actions, wrongful doing actions, Kamesu that might or will be done or have been done, inclusive. Um, I undertake the rule of training to refrain from doing. So you, you, you're not going to do it from now forward. At least you're going to try to train yourself, not going forward and doing it. Uh, kamesu is comes from the root, calm, desire, and that's desire for anything, desire for an ice cream, desire for anything. Ka, karma not karma, but karma, which is um, sexual lust. It's, it's the same word as the karma Sutra, which a lot of people know. So uh, sexual lust. The but they didn't say it was wrong. Uh, he, he only said it was wrong for monastics. So if you're in a monastery... There is no sex. None whatsoever. well. Uh, it's not what you're there for. And the Buddha said quite a number of times in the, um, the rules for monks are in the Vinaya, monks and nuns. And there's a lot of that stress there. And they need to protect the reputation of the monastery. People, the outside people feed you and look after you and they don't want to think you're just in there like a holiday camp on free food <laughs> and having a party. Um, it's it's not camp be good. It's, it's a place for serious practice. So basically none. And there's quite a lot of confusion uh, out there, especially if you go on the web, um, looking for sensual stuff on the web and... Ethics and that, you're finding all sorts of things, quite surprising. But um, yeah, there's a lot that's set out there that really applied only to monks and nuns. And the Buddha was quite explicit on that: is you just can't indulge in sensual sexual pleasure. Even if it is unintentional or kind of quasi intentional, one that uh, comes to mind is you shouldn't use your robes flapping in the wind to excite yourself.
1: <laughs>
0: so, and he, he pretty well thought of everything. And at, at, but there's no intention in that. I was just standing there. It was a strong, windy day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, they, they thought of this stuff, and as Maydon quite rightly pointed out, every time somebody complained about something, another rule came out. So, you know, that's in the two twenty-five monks. There's four hundred and forty for some nuns in some traditions. So, um, anyway, just just if you're a monastic, no sex, and take no delight in sensual pleasures, and that includes food. If if, if we think about our oreoki that we eat, that's not a gourmand affair. It, it's like you eat what hits in your bowl, and in a lot of monasteries a lot of time there was not much money. I mean, even um, Huckwin, for instance, was pretty well starving and freezing to death, but... And, but they like, only ate what they could, what they had, and whatever went in your bowl, you ate. And monks in Thailand that go out and pin apart or whatever they're given, they have to eat. There's no choice about it. You can't say, "Oh, well, you know, I don't actually eat tomatoes." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
0: in your bowl, eat it. So it's not essential activity. And same with uh, for lay people. Um, if you're set on the way, senses, and the Buddha taught this, the senses are not a hindrance and they're not a source of pleasure. They're pleasant. He acknowledges the pleasant, but they're not an end in themselves. They're not part of the practice. So just like eating food, you can say, well, I like potatoes, believe it or not. Yeah. say, so that's a well-cooked potato. And um, I appreciate it, but it's not important. It, it shouldn't be important. Now, at the time of the Buddha, uh, he did a you know, Sikala sutra, uh, as is the one sutra which has quite a bit for lay people. And he there, just like the Buddha did with everything that he taught, he was located in his time and place. And so... Uh, for Brahman priests, the ideal, and they were only a tiny, tiny percentage of the population at that time, um, the, the ideal was uh, virginal celibacy until death, just like the vestal virgins in ancient Rome. I don't know if the Greeks said them,
1: they had the
0: but uh, anyway, that was the ideal. Very few people can
1: keep that ideal against all the rules.
0: For us outside the Buddha understood at the time
1: that it was that it was pretty well patriarchy at one level, but not as much as it is today. It was much more egalitarian. However, They had wives who didn't always have a choice
0: Uh, Poor people sold their daughters, as they do today, uh, for prostitution or as a wife, sex slaves. And every kind of relationship that we can imagine today, polyandry, polygamy, concubinage, it, it happened then.
1: So there, you know,
0: that was not a problem at that time. And the world actually is more puritanical today than it used to be. And that's partly because of uh, particularly Victorian religions. And it's actually hard to read the translations of the... Buddha's teachings, even on this, because like A.B. Horner who translated the Vinaya as an asterisk, where it says sexual practices asterisk, and if you go look that up, you eventually find. It. I felt that it was too embarrassing to translate these terms to leave them untranslated, but you can see them in the Pali, and I, I won't bother at least stay in a minute. So we had that Victorian. Also, a lot of the Victorian, actually, even in the early 20th century, a lot of the people translating the Buddhist speech were missionaries. So they had all their Christian stuff that they were bringing into it too.
1: And uh, it's hard to say whether or when love, romantic love, actually
0: got confounded with sex. It certainly wasn't in our earliest physical ancestry of us as primates. Yeah, I can guarantee that monkeys and apes don't have a lot of love. i do quite violent. They have a lot of sex. I mean, but not a lot of
1: love. <laughs> and
0: the nuclear family, you know, that that is somewhat of an unusual situation. In, in many societies, uh, the people live as a village. And uh, <coughs> Julius Caesar noted when he came to camp my hometown, my home county, that the people there lived in groups of twelve, and nobody knew whose children were who, but they all looked after them quite dedicatedly. So. It takes a village to raise the children in many societies um, because of the village's children. But we do have from our ancestry an interesting um, thing, and that is we all know, I think, today that if you have sex with close relatives and you have children, with those close relatives it's genetically harmful so nearly all religions have you can't have sex with your children or your parents or even uh, in some first cousins some second cousins and you have to be and there's a huge literature in the anthropological research um, Biological anthropologist by training. There's huge literature in that that shows that people have all sorts of sophisticated ways to suppress that by uh, the women move out of their own village to another village or the men move, it depends. But that is uh, to stop inbreeding, which can be genetically harmful. And the Buddha must have been kind of aware of that at some level because he said, if you have trouble controlling yourself, and this was primarily the monks, but it was also the uh, married
1: married people. And uh,
0: imagine a partner, I'll try not to be gendered, imagine a partner that's older you as a parent, as one the same age as you as a sibling, and as a young one, as a, uh, one of your children. And if you think of them that way, all sexual desire will disappear. And that, that's in a healthy society, that will be true. So, kind of interesting. Uh, and it's actually a good, good way. It's like, no, if that was my mum, I wouldn't. And you know, I shouldn't, no one. And you can actually suppress, it naturally suppresses it. Um, back again with the neuropeptides and everything want. But um, it, that is one way. But at the time of the Buddha, the Buddha actually had two or three wives. He was entitled to have up three as a Katria, a warrior at that time. The first wife, the primary wife, is always the most important. And that was Yasdara. The others are not mentioned, but there is a couple of se- sections where it says he went into his wife's bedroom. And it's pretty clear it's plural in the Pali Sanskrit. So, and then he had between 16 and 70 concubines. And the night that he decided to take off, he'd actually been partying. And uh, so it doesn't. Doesn't take much to think how a party might be with your fellow warriors and 70 concubines and three wives. So it was a pretty good party. <laughs> and uh, but he looked around and he said to himself, there is no happiness in this. I'm not interested, and he left. And that, that that was the proximal cause of him, the most close reason why he, uh, he chose that night. It was also the night uh, his son was born, so perhaps a birth party. Um, yeah, you, anything that you can imagine would have happened at that time, because human beings have been human beings for a very long time. And we. I know young people. My dad said to this to me when I was young. I can see it now. You think you've invented something, you haven't. <laughs> we just don't talk about it. So, um, so for your social situation, what did, what did he really teach? He, it was. And I mentioned this the other day uh, from uh, from Zoom. It was not to do harm. So how do you avoid harm in sexual social relations? First, you have to know who is protected. And um, children primarily are protected, people under the care of their parents, their siblings, their elders, um, Married people. And it's interesting, adultery, it, it was. There's, there's a lot of things on adultery. But I actually never found any that said that uh, a man shouldn't visit another man's wife. It involves telling lies, taking something not given, um, sexual misconduct, and uh, causes uh, ill will and lots of problems. I didn't find any that said that wives shouldn't do it. So maybe it was just written. But it's, it's unlikely like, um, Because usually they, if it's both sexes, it says
1: both sexes. And today we have um,
0: fluid genders. They had fluid genders then. And so every gender that you can imagine was
1: was mentioned somewhere. Um, including they didn't of course have sex uh, reconstructive surgery to change sex. Uh, but people did castrate themselves
0: at that time. So, so it says you can't go with somebody cash rate. As for months, you can't go for somebody who's you cash not be somebody who's an aphrodite. When I say uh, a partner, I mean any kind of partner. It's basically what it says. In the book, you know, so back to that notion. And he didn't mention any of it for people in my life at all. So, and his attitude was, well, it, it's the most natural thing.
1: Uh, all mammals
0: require to have sex to uh, propagate the species. Uh, Many only do it in a very short season, dogs usually twice a year, Tibetan Mastiff only once a year. Um, It's a very small window. And I, I can tell you I haven't worked a lot with dogs. If a dog tries to do it when it's not ready, the bitch will give him a great big bite and he will not fight back. My, my little dog um, was mounted by a great big German shepherd. It was a very fierce dog. She bit him and he went, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I was like, so that brings us to consent.
1: <laughs>
0: and, and you can't do anything without consent. And, and I, I really appreciate the Me Too movement. I know people shout against politically correct stuff. And, that, but, and Me Too has just brought a lot of this stuff out in the open, and people are discussing it. And I think that's great. Consent can't be had with a child because they're incapable of giving consent because they don't understand. They haven't got the moral sense to be able to give consent. Nor can somebody who's uh, semi-conscious, unconscious, profoundly mentally ill. So drunk, of course. This is one that we get today. Uh, People go home, jump into bed, And that doesn't mean consent. You've got to make sure you know why. So the biggest problem we have is confusion about consent. Oh, I thought it was consent. Just ask. Don't suddenly lean in and kiss somebody who doesn't look like they want it, and happen to be just standing next to you in the bus stop. (laughs) So get proper consent. And don't, the Buddha did mention a few people that shouldn't for lay people. So children, the main one, uh, other men's wives and presumably other women's husbands. Um, unless unless you're in a polyamorous situation, which some societies have, there's not a problem there, but again, there's still consent. So... Um, Try not to be judgmental because I don't think there's a lot of judgment in this. Uh, you shouldn't visit a prostitute that is coerced into prostitution. So if the, if the prostitute, prostitute, be it man or, male or female, uh, has a pimp working them, you can't go. Uh, that's pretty plain. If it's a sex-traffic sex slave, absolutely not. If it's a regular slave, not those today, but you still couldn't under the Buddhist teaching, even though slavery was common there, as was um, uh, indentured servitude. So you sell yourself as a slave for a fixed length of time, maybe a lifetime, maybe um, seven years, if you were coming from England to here. As part of my family did, um, they sold themselves for seven years. Can't have sex with those those people. And basically, I, I would advise if it, if it feels sort of doubtful, it, it's probably wrong. Simple
1: enough. If you have a problem, it's probably
0: wrong. So does it have to be... Only in a loving and committed relationship? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. For some people, if you're going to bring children into the world, well, do you need to be in a loving and committed relationship? Not if you're wealthy enough, you can provide for the child on your own. I think that's necessary.
1: Nine-tenths of morality
0: is based on stuff that is culturally specific and specific to the time. But if you say to yourself, well, uh, I, sex is an impediment of um, concentration. It is an impediment of concentration. And that's because it occupies all five physical senses and, and our brain. so Fantasy, ideation, um, comes in there, so it is actually of all of the physical hindrances and distractions, it's the strongest. Also, because we have that evolutionary background that's pushing us to do it anyway.
1: You know, yeah, not going to evolve if you don't reproduce. You slipped up. Oh.
0: Respect yourself, respect others, get consent, think about children, basically live a as harm-free life as we can. And that applies to every one of the precepts, whether the for the monks, for the lay people, for the lay people on uh, service days, or whether they're the engaged precepts. So I'll take questions.